Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is Trinity Sunday as we think about that confusing, wonderful doctrine in the Bible, the Trinity, our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to open right now with, I often call it hymn 802, the Apostles' Creed in Song. Confess your sins of thought, word, and deed. 
Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I as a called servant of the word announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this Trinity Sunday is from Genesis chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2 where we hear about the creation and we see the involvement of the triune God in that work of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plant bearing seed, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. There, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. 
and there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good, and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Alleluia. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Alleluia. Alleluia. verses 16 to 20 it takes us back to before Jesus ascension and the great commission he gave to his disciples and also to us then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go when they saw him they worshiped him but some doubted then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And let's sing our next hymn, hymn 100. 95, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty.
grace and blessings that come to us from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider this Trinity Sunday is our epistle reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 to 14, where the Apostle Paul was inspired to write, Finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who are our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who have been so richly blessed by the Holy Trinity. Many years ago on a church picnic Sunday in Mobile, I remember singing, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing. And as we were singing, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing, during the church service, there was rain that was just pouring down. And this was a church picnic Sunday. And throughout the time that we were supposed to have the church picnic, again, there were showers of rain coming, pouring down. And it put quite a damper on our church picnic Sunday. And now, that was the first time that I decided to use that hymn at our church in Mobile. And after that, what usually was the case is if we ended up having a, a dry spell, what we would end up doing is singing this song as kind of our prayer to the Lord for rain from heaven, but for showers of blessing from our God and thinking about how, well, really, no matter what, the believing child of God can always say, no matter what happens in life, there shall be showers of blessing. Today, we're not singing, there shall be showers of blessing, because it's Trinity Sunday, and I see many beautiful Trinity hymns that I like to sing on a Trinity Sunday. But maybe today is a day we should be singing that song because we've been going through quite a, quite a dry spell and we really could use some more rain, of course. But whenever I think about this hymn, There Shall Be Showers of Blessing, it always makes me think about the blessings of God and, and how God sends us downpours, really, of his blessings. Oftentimes, the rain in Mobile would come down so hard that, oh, the people who were driving along the side of the road might find it necessary to pull over to the side of the road because there was just no way you were going to see anything because the rains were coming down so hard. Well, we don't get rain like that here in Michigan that much, although I've noticed it more often, 
But that kind of a heavy downpouring, it kind of reminds me again of the blessings of our God. And, oh, that heavy downpour, it makes me think, for example, that there was one time in a period of about an hour and a half where down in Mobile we got, oh, it was nine to ten inches of rain. Imagine what that would be like if we got that kind of a downpour here in Michigan. There would be so much damage, so much damage, but that a tremendous amount of rain like that. Again, it gets us to think of the great blessings of our God, the blessings of our God that are so great that it's tragically so easy for us to take them for granted. It's easy for us to take them for granted until maybe we don't have those blessings like we had had them. For example, our health or our talents or abilities, when those things fail, then all of a sudden we start appreciating what we had once upon a time. Well, this Trinity Sunday, the Apostle Paul, he reminds us of the special blessings that he attributes to the different persons of the Trinity. And those blessings are the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And as we hear those blessings of our God, as we meditate on those blessings of our God, let's here, our triune God encouraging us to treasure the blessings of our Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter, 2 Corinthians, to the Corinthian congregation to encourage those Corinthians because false teachers had come into their area to try to lead them away from the scriptural teachings that Paul had, had proclaimed to them. Our text, it happens to be the last, some of the last verses of Paul's letter in which he gave some final encouragements to them and, and he also wishes them the Lord's blessing. And of these verses, we're basically just looking at what's called the Trinitarian or the Apostolic Benediction. It gives us a beautiful description of the special blessings that we receive from our triune God, thinking especially of the different blessings that are specifically attributed to the different persons in the Trinity. But that teaching of the Trinity, we'd always have to say it is a confusing teaching, especially if we try to understand it with our simple human minds. Scripture tells us that there is one God, but that that one God is made up of three separate distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We really can't understand how God can be one God and made up of three persons like that. I can... I can maybe ask you the question, do you understand this? And, and you say, oh yeah, I understand it. 
But really, it's not a matter of understanding. It's a matter of faith. And we can be so thankful for the faith that God gives us so that we believe in the Trinity, even though we can't fully comprehend or maybe even partially comprehend what the Trinity is all about. But now as we think about the blessings of our Lord, the first blessing that's mentioned here is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, that word grace, a very common word, means undeserved love, totally undeserved love. When Jesus came to this earth to be our Savior, he didn't accept that task of being our Savior because he felt that in some way he owed it to us. He didn't say to God the Father before coming to this earth, he didn't say, I think I'll go there to be their Savior and to pay for their sins because, you know, some of those people are pretty good and they really would deserve to have me come for them. They don't deserve the eternal punishment that the scriptures say they deserve. But see, before God came to us with his blessings, we deserved nothing but eternal punishment. That's where we were. Like the Apostle Paul, we'd have to say, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. We needed help, help that we didn't deserve in the least. We couldn't pay for it. And maybe a way to think about it is maybe our situation was kind of like the person who desperately needs a plumber because his house is flooding and he's got problems all over the place. And he calls up the plumber and he says to the plumber, I need you desperately. You need to be here right away, but I can't give you a penny. I can't help you out, give you any payment at all for the work that you do. Probably not going to find too many plumbers under those circumstances who are ready to come to your home to help you out. Maybe there might be some who are gracious. You hear about those who do help out, those who are truly needy. But up front, if you go to somebody and say, I need you to do this for me, but I can't do any payment for it, chances are pretty good you're going to be turned down. Well, God came, Jesus came into this world anyway, even though he knew we couldn't pay him back or even begin to pay him back because he is gracious. The Apostle Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Before Paul was made a believing child of God before Christ came to him. Remember, Paul was Saul, the persecutor of Christians. And if Christ had not come to him, Paul would never have become a believer. It just wouldn't have happened. He would have gone to hell. That was the only result. But Jesus came to an undeserving Paul. 
and blessed him with his grace, enabled him to be a believing child of God and, and an apostle to serve the Savior. Jesus gave to Paul the benefits of his life and death. He gave him the forgiveness of all of his sins and eternal life. And, and that's just what Jesus has done for us as well, for us who believe in him. And that means we can join the Apostle Paul in saying, by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's not me, it's all God. Well now, since we have the grace of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, well, that means that the storerooms of the blessings of God's love, God the Father's love, are there for us, are open for us. And sending his son to be our savior, that's the greatest example of God's love, of course. And actually, sending his son, that's the only example of his love that we truly need. However, there's so much more that God the Father gives to us, that he wants to give to us. The scriptures do indicate that God the Father is the one person of the Trinity who primarily has the responsibility, has assumed the responsibility of taking care of our physical needs. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. See, now what Jesus has done is he's told us, he's commanded us, he's directed us to go to the Father and to ask for his blessings and expect God to give them to us. He tells us that what God the Father is going to do, he's going to hear and answer all of our prayers. And we always say, maybe not always in the way we would wish they could be answered, but in the way that's always going to be best for us. He'll give us what we truly need. Jesus said, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. He will give us whatever we ask in his name when, well, understand this. It really only makes sense that we'd only ask for what is according to the will of God. Because to say to God, well, God, this is what I'd like, and I know it's not according to your will, but give it to me anyway. That's not what a believer is going to want to do. A believer is always going to want to ask that God's will be done. And then trust in those blessings from our God. Trust in the love of God the Father. And then just remember this, if we don't ask God for those blessings that we desire. Who knows how many of his blessings we might be missing out on. This may sound a little bit strange, but it is so easy for us to overemphasize God's love. Anyone who thinks that God's love is so great that he's going to overlook or ignore our sins, he's overemphasizing the love of God, or maybe not overemphasizing it, but not understanding the love of God at all. Not understanding the love of God at all. Anyone who thinks that he can get to heaven 
because he thinks he's an okay person. He's overemphasizing the love of God. He's not understanding the fact that we're all sinners and that because of that we deserve God's wrath and punishment. See now, God doesn't overlook or ignore our sins or just say, oh well that's okay that we've sinned. He doesn't say that. All our sins have to be paid for and only Jesus, the one who is both God and man in one person, only he can do that for us. Only he, the God-man, could pay for the sins of the world. Our Heavenly Father's love for us, it is, it is so tremendous. That's why he sent Jesus. But anyone who ends up rejecting Jesus, he's going to lose out on what Jesus has won for him because it's only through Jesus, only through faith in him that we have access to the love of God, to the great blessings of God the Father. Well, then we hear about the Holy Spirit. He's the person in the Trinity who is given the primary responsibility of giving to us faith in Jesus so that we have access to God the Father's love. The meaning to the third article of the Apostles' Creed it tells us about the Holy Spirit's work. He's the one who calls us to faith, makes us believing children of God. He enlightens us so that we would better grasp or understand God's plan of salvation. He sanctifies us so that we would grow in the faith. And then, thankfully, a very important part of his work is that he keeps us in the faith and that's so important because if he wouldn't be hanging on to us, we'd get lost and we'd be gone so easily. And then finally what he also does is the Holy Spirit gathers people into the Holy Christian Church. Now that's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately though, we'll be only able to enjoy that fellowship perfectly in heaven. Now that fellowship is tarnished by false doctrine, by sin in this life, well, well, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, then you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And now please understand that what Jesus wants us to do is he wants us to hold to all his teachings absolutely everything that he tells us in the scripture and and since he wants us to hold to all of his teachings that's why it's so important for us to regularly and faithfully search the scriptures be involved in bible study and well, gather together with our fellow christians so that we can understand what it really means to hold to jesus teachings as far as his teachings are concerned, understand, he doesn't want us to budge an inch in our hearts. He wants us to be convinced that what we believe and what our church believes is truly just what Jesus taught, truly what the Bible tells us. If anyone 
or any church for that matter, believes or teaches differently from what we believe the Bible says, in any Bible teaching, the Apostle Paul says, watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. Now please understand, that's God's will. It's not a man-made teaching. God wants us to cling to what we believe the Bible says unless the Bible tells us that it's wrong. If anyone has a different confession, even if he's what we believe to be a believer, our love for Scripture truths tells us, will lead us to realize that we can't unite with that person right now because different doctrines means we aren't one in faith right now. We'll have to wait for that perfect fellowship in Christ in the Holy Christian Church for when we're in heaven, when God reveals to us clearly what his will is. Many Bible teachings do confuse us. Our sinful minds just can't understand all of God's directives, but, but as the saying goes, ours is not to reason why, ours is but to do and die. To cling firmly to the faith that God has given to us in his Son through the Scriptures. We can't understand the mystery of the Trinity. Oh, moment. We'll confess our faith with the Athanasian Creed, and that makes everything crystal clear, right? Well, maybe it confuses a little bit more. Maybe we need to spend more time studying that Athanasian Creed. We can't understand the mystery of the Trinity that God is one God and three persons. How does that work and how does the whole nature of God really work out? Well, that's something we could study for forever. We could study that forever. But we're not always, we're not going to be able to understand that. However, what we can do is rejoice in the blessings that come to us, the showers of blessing that come from our triune God. Many people, they're afraid of God. They see him as an enemy and not as a friend. Oh, maybe think of this story. There was a minister who went to visit a poor woman, a poor woman, and he went to her home and he wanted to give her some money that she really, really desperately needed. When he knocked at the door, she didn't answer, but he knew that she had to be home. So he knocked again and, and still no answer. And, and after more knocking, finally, he ended up just giving up and saying, well, I guess I just have to go and I can't help her out right now. On Sunday, he did see her at church, and so he said to her, I called at your home on last Friday, but you weren't home. I had some money for you. When she heard that, she said, what time did you call? He said, about 
noon, and to that she replied, Oh dear, I heard you but didn't answer. I thought it was my landlord calling for the rent. How thankful we have to be that we Christians don't have to hide from our God. He doesn't come to us calling for the rent. He comes to us with the intent of wanting to shower us with his blessings. So let's treasure the blessings of our Lord. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. As I mentioned a few moments ago, we'll confess our faith today with an adaption of the Athanasian Creed. The Athanasian Creed, it's on pages 132 and 133 in uh, the front of our hymnal. We'll use a little bit shortened version of it, but I would encourage you to look at that creed, read it in its entirety to see what the Bible does say about our triune God. The Athanasian Creed an adaption. Whoever will be saved before all things, it is necessary that he hold to the Christian faith. And this is the Christian faith that we worship one God who is three distinct persons, yet one God. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Spirit. But the Godhead of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit is all one. The glory equal, the majesty co-eternal, such as the Father is, such as the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father is eternal, the Son is eternal, and the Holy Spirit is eternal. And yet they are not three eternals, but one eternal. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And yet they are not three gods, but one God. But we are also forbidden by the Christian religion to say that there are three gods or three lords. There is one Father, not three fathers. One Son, not three sons. One Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this Trinity, none is before or after the other. None is greater or less than another. Furthermore, it is necessary for everlasting salvation that we also faithfully believe in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the right faith, is that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is God and man, who, although he is God and man, yet he is not two, but one Christ. He suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again the third day from the dead, ascended into heaven, sits on the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. This is the true Christian faith. Whoever does not faithfully and firmly believe this cannot be saved. Amen. Let's pray.
Almighty God and Father, dwelling in majesty and mystery, filling and renewing all creation by your eternal spirit, and manifesting your saving grace through our Lord Jesus Christ. In mercy, cleanse our hearts and lips that, free from doubt and fear, we may worship you, one true immortal God, with your Son and Holy Spirit, living and reigning now and forever. Amen. In our prayers, as always, we remember those on our prayer list with their different trials and troubles and aches and illnesses and pains. And we always pray, Lord God, if it's according to your will, grant healing, grant recovery, but please keep on especially giving to us those blessings that will always benefit our eternal souls. Keep on giving us the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Please keep on giving all of those blessings to us and always building us up and strengthening us in our faith in our Savior so that we treasure the blessings of our Lord. And we gather up all of the requests we have today as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we'll sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains, to the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Thank you for joining me for Worship This Trinity Sunday. Just a couple of announcements to share with you. Saturday is Jessica Kunkel's birthday. Monday through Friday this week, I'll be at a study conference down at Bowling Green State University, but we will have, I will be back for Wednesday worship. Thursday night, we do have a church council meeting. In our prayer list, well, you know those who with aches and pains and 
maybe just one person in particular to think of Diane Kennedy with her back problems. She's supposed to have gotten some sort of a shot to hopefully help her to not need back surgery. Please keep her, keep all of all of our people on the prayer list in your prayers, but, but keep all of your brothers and sisters in Christ in your prayers. The Lord bless and keep you always.